You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1293. This business comes down to two things, having conversations and making offers. That's the lifeblood, right? Having conversations and making offers. So how do we do that? Well, really, there's three ways. One, you can be really proactive. And this is what I highly suggest you do when you're getting started, especially if you're on a limited budget, is you got to be proactive. You have to pick up the phone and you need to call them. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to part three of The Greatest Business, A Simple Strategy for Financial Freedom audiobook. In part one, Brent covered the foundation of a successful wholesaling business. And in part two, he showed you how to build your dream team and went deep into how to find hungry cash buyers for your deals. In part three, Brent goes deep into lead generation strategies like how to pull motivated sellers lists, which lists are the hottest right now, what to look for, the exact criteria, everything. He's going to talk about free lists, paid lists, and everything in between, as well as the importance of choosing one marketing channel and going all in before pulling the trigger on five other channels, which is a trap that so many wholesalers fall into. So be sure to take good notes. He's going to be covering a lot in part three. Enjoy. Welcome back to part three of our podcast series titled The Greatest Business, A Simple Strategy for Financial Freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People, and I love this podcast episode. I love this one. If you haven't listened to the first two, the first one is all about getting your mind right. The second one is about building out your team and adding cash buyers so that you know what properties to go after. But this third podcast, this one right here, this one is all about lead generation. This is all about finding discounted properties. And you might be thinking to yourself, who sells these properties? Who would sell, who would trade price for speed and convenience? Well, I'm going to break down all the different lists of people, all the different kind of avatars, so to speak, of people that just want to get rid of these properties. They want to not have this problem anymore. And that's what it is. People have personal problems with their property and they're looking for somebody to solve that problem. And that's what we do, Rhino Tribe. We take massive imperfect action. We have quality conversations with distressed property owners and we solve their problems. That's why we make so much because these are huge problems that we solve and I'm going to go through it. Think about this. There's 143 million residential properties, all right? 143 million residential properties in the United States. At all times, according to the 2020 U.S. Census, 6 to 10%, depending on where you're at in the country, 6 to 10% of those properties are in distress. What do I mean by that? There's really three buckets of distress, right? Financial distress. They just cannot make their payments. They cannot keep up with the property and the upkeep, the constant upkeep, right? Properties are kind of like living things, the elements 
beat them up. Wear and tear beats them up. So you constantly have to be pouring investment into properties. A lot of people don't. And so a lot of people go into what is the second bucket, which is the condition of the property, right? The condition is the distress. A lot of people just don't have the investment. They don't have the capital. They don't have the money to be able to invest into fixing up these properties. So now there's the condition distress. There's also emotional distress. People go through some tough times. People go through divorce. People go through relocations. People go through, you know, just bad experiences in properties. And so they just want to get rid of it. They want to move on with their life. And life is too short for them to have this burden hanging around their neck. And that's really what we do. And I'm telling you right now, it's wildly, wildly rewarding when you solve these problems. I can't tell you, I I get at least to the office, at least a couple dozen Christmas cards each year from past property owners that we have helped to get them, you know, to get them through this process and to make it as smooth and easy for them. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we do out there. We go out there with a huge heart to solve the problems of these distressed property owners. So let me let me break down what you're looking for in these. Because if you filter down 143 million properties down to the 10%, let's just say on the high end, it's 14 million properties. Well, we're not going to go after 14 million properties. We're going to go after what's going on in our backyard first. All right. I don't care if you are in a teeny town or if you're in a huge metropolis. I highly suggest that you understand uh, the property values and the distress of your own market first and then expand. All right. Now, there's kind of a rule that if you have 100,000 people or less, make sure that you have a secondary market that you go after just so that when your business is really rolling, you're not worried about a lack of inventory. Okay. And I think that that's good. But if you're just starting out, just start out in your backyard and expand from there. Let's get our first deal done. Let's get proof of concept, right? Let's get the momentum. Let's get the wind behind our back, right? Behind our sails, so to speak. That's probably a better metaphor. But really... Let's focus in your backyard first, okay? And then let's expand. So who do we focus on? Well, number one, we have to focus on people that have high equity, right? Let me explain this. You don't have to know a lot of the terminology to wholesale real estate, but equity is one of the ones that you want to know, all right? And equity is just the difference between what is owed on the property and what the home is worth. All right. So if the home is valued at 200,000, the owner owes 100,000, then they have $100,000 worth of equity. And that's where we need to go first. Right. And the best way, there's a ton of resources to be able to um, pull properties that have a lot of equity. But just a simple way is to make sure that the property owner has owned the property for at least seven years. And there's a couple different reasons why I say that. Number one, Seven years is the average that Americans own real estate. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? Every seven years, on average, they sell the properties that they own, whether that be owner-occupied or whether that be an investment property. And so that's a really important number to remember. Also, imagine seven years of wear and tear. Imagine seven years of a property being vacant for most of that time. Imagine seven years, you know, that property might have been updated, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, but after seven years, trends change. 
And I'm not talking about the mo- the beautiful ones that are completely remodeled seven years ago, but the properties that are in rougher shape, right? The properties that are non-owner occupied. These are the properties that uh, somebody owns them, they rent it out, or it's a second home, or it's vacant and they inherit it, whatever it is. And these are properties that they're not occupying. And I think that we hit on that pretty well before, but these are properties that we really want to go after because there's a lot less emotional attachments to these properties. And so people are very pragmatic. They just want to make a decision based on if they get the right number that they're looking for, they're ready to sell, right? Not, oh yeah, I like that number, but I'm really, I just can't let this property go. My grandfather built this house. I've lived in this house for so long. I raised my kids in this house. All of those things, those are a lot of emotions get tied up in there. So we're looking for non-emotional properties that have been owned for seven years or more. All right. And that's a good way to find those lists. Now, we pull our list from rhinolists.com. That's uh, powered by Batch Leads, rhinolists.com. And all of the lists that I'm going to talk to you about here, for the most part, you can pull from there. It's incredible. It's a great resource to be able to pull the distressed property list. I mean, that's why they were designed. And there's a lot of different companies. So if you have other ones that you've already using, like a prop stream or something else, you can certainly do that. But I'm just telling you what we use in, in our business currently. All right. So high equity lists, non-owner occupied. They've owned it for seven years. I like making sure that the property is less than 2000 square feet because the bigger a property is, the more repair budget that your end buyer, the cash buyer is going to have to put into that property. So if they have to put more money in, that means you have to get significantly bigger discounts. And so most fix and flippers and most rental portfolio buyers are looking for properties that are 2000 square feet and below. Now, I don't really I don't really care about how many bedrooms and bathrooms as long as it fits in with the neighborhood, right? If the whole neighborhood is two bedroom, one bath, don't worry about that. I don't even factor in bedrooms and bathrooms. I really don't. I do when I'm pulling comps, but we'll get to that in in the next podcast episode. But for now, just focus on properties that people don't live in, the the owners don't live in them. They've been owned for seven years. They're under 2,000 square feet. They were built before 1990. Okay. I want there to be some rust on these properties. I want there to be some wear and tear. I want there to be more potential. There's more potential in these properties. You ever go to a car show or see a car show and it's got all these vintage cars and they're so amazing. Well, those vintage cars sold for nothing before they were they were completely overhauled, before they were looking great. And so people see the potential in that older car, and they're willing to put the investment in to make it gorgeous and then resell it at these car shows. It's the same thing with houses, right? Just look for those properties that need some renovation. They need some investment. They have more potential. Got it? So built before 1990. They're non-owner occupied. They are owned for seven years and less than 2,000 square feet. That's a great place to start. And the last one is just make sure that it's not already listed on the market, right? Just make sure you do a check. And if you pull it from uh, Rhino Lists, it does all the heavy lifting for you. You can just put in that criteria and boom, you're rocking and rolling. The next one is people that are behind on their property taxes. Guess what happens if you don't pay property taxes? And this is a really interesting This is something that was enlightening to me for sure, because I always thought that I owned the properties that I own. 
You don't. None of us do. The state owns them. The state owns the land, truly. We pay taxes on the land that we own. Yes, we have the right to occupy it. We have the right to sell them. We have the right to build on it. But we have to pay property taxes. And people that don't pay property taxes are quickly going to find out who really owns that property. And it's the state because they will take that property back and or put a lien on that property if you don't pay your property taxes. And it's a great indicator of distress. Why aren't people paying their property taxes? Why are they taking the risk of losing this property? What's going on here? Is this a sign of financial distress? And oftentimes you can obtain these tax delinquent lists for free for really a small fee at your local tax authority that's overseeing the jurisdiction. Um, Typically, that's going to be your county or your city or your township or municipal government is going to have those lists. And sometimes these are posted online. If I were you, right after this, I would simply Google the tax defaults in your area and see if there's a list that pulls up because the government doesn't want these properties. They truly don't. They don't want to manage it. And so what they do is they post a list of all the people that are behind on their taxes, and then they do what's called tax auctions. They start getting investors in to bid at those tax auctions to give them the money so that they can keep the government going and the state going and schools and streets and spaces like parks and uh, security like uh, you know police and fire. And all that comes from property taxes. Sanitation comes from property taxes. They call it the six S's of property tax. So they want that money. They're going to sell those liens off to an individual investor, but those in- individual investors can foreclose if those taxes aren't paid. So we got to help people to avoid that. And so this list is phenomenal. If they're not paying their property taxes, there's probably some sign of financial distress. Make sure you reach out to those property owners and have a good quality conversation. The next one is code violations. Code violations, right? This could be all sorts of different things, ranging from their grass is too high, there's weeds everywhere, there's cars, um, you know, it's it's almost like a car lot in their house, things are falling off the property, the property becomes condemned because it's a hazard for people to go into that property, and owners who repeatedly fail to rectify those code violations find themselves on uh, that code violation list. And you can go down, we get it from the Neighborhood Services Department in our city. We go down and we get this code violation list. And I highly suggest that you actually get it from your city or from whatever, uh, whoever is controlling that, whoever's overseeing that, whoever has jurisdiction on those code violations, find out, have a conversation, get it directly from the source. This one is very, very, very difficult to get accurate and timely information on if you don't get it directly from your city. And there's what's called the seven no's rule. And it's right here on page 82 of uh, The Greatest Business written by Tom Kroll, which this series is all built upon. Um, The seven no's, and I love this. You're going to be told seven no's. People are going to tell you, no, they don't have this list. And then you talk to somebody else, no, we don't have that list. Or no, it's not available to the public. It is. It absolutely is. So go through those seven no's and you're going to find somebody that will work with you and get you that code violation list. All right? Next, let's talk about probates. 
Probate court is a valuable source of information. Probate court administers the matters related to the estates of the deceased and the distribution of their assets. In many cases, the relatives or beneficiaries of the decedent inherit or have to otherwise deal with properties they don't want or need. Such properties may be out of state, in total disrepair, in which the case the owners are willing to sell at a discount. Imagine this, right? Somebody passes away and you inherit a property that needs a lot of repairs. And it's in a state that's 500, 1,000 miles away from you. Do you have time to coordinate everything? Do you have time to go in there and get bids? Do you have time to make sure that the work's getting done? Do you have time to make sure that you're not getting hustled by contractors? Most people don't. That's why they sell them as is. They want to be done with it. Not only that, but with probates and inherited properties, I don't know if you've ever gone through this, but I have gone through this with many of the properties that we have bought. But it can turn real ugly, real fast with all of the different beneficiaries, all the people that get a little slice of the pie. Guess when they want that slice of pie? ASAP, as soon as possible. They want it now. They want their money now. Oh, grandma died? Time to liquidate. It sounds crazy, but this happens a lot. That's like a conversation that happens often. And to me, it kind of hurts my soul that people kind of bicker and want to want to, you know, get their piece of it so fast. But it's just reality. I hate to tell you, it's just reality. Um, you wish everything would be really smooth with families and families would not try to fight with each other to get every last nickel, but it happens. And so they want to sell it as fast as possible. And they don't want to do the work. They don't want to put money into it. They just want to sell it, get what they can and move on with their lives. And so uh, probates and inherited properties are incredible, incredible opportunities. And uh, we use U.S. Leads List for that. U.S. Leads List, incredible. Micah Nichols is the owner of that. He recently purchased it. And uh, it's been around for a long time. I was on the waiting list for 12 years to get that list here in Phoenix. That's how powerful that list is. And they only sell a certain amount in each market. So if you can get your hands on it, definitely do it. But again, you can get that from your county and you can get that oftentimes with a rhino lists or batch leads. So definitely check that out. The next one is notice of mortgage default. We're talking about foreclosures here. Actually, we're talking about pre-foreclosures. Foreclosures are when the property actually is owned by the bank, when it's actually owned and foreclosed on. And it doesn't have to be the bank. It could be whoever the lien holder is. But that's what foreclosures are. I mean, the notice of default, though, this is before they foreclose. Everybody gets a chance. Everybody gets a chance to get caught up. Everybody gets, you know, a certain amount of time to remedy that um, that late payment or missed payment. And so, but when that happens, it's public notice. And this is this goes all the way back to when kings would lend money to people to whatever, buy land or to buy uh, farm equipment or to buy uh, livestock or whatever it was. And if they didn't pay it, they would publicly declare that these people owe them money. It was like a way of saying, hey, listen, if you don't pay me, everybody's going to know about it. And it still happens to today. It's public information. This is posted publicly. And you can get it again from your county, but I would get it from 
Rhino lists. I don't want this to be an ad for it, but it's all right there. I mean, you get it right there. Um, there's so, some incredible local ways that you can get it. I mean, you can go down to your county and and pull that list. It's just you have to figure it all out and you have to go through a lot of information. It's just a lot of heavy lifting. Just use some source that's really reliable in your area and and go after those properties. And with those properties, typically my advice would be to go and knock on their door. Uh, they get so much mail. They get so many calls. Uh, just go and see if you can meet them face to face. That's the best way. All right. Another one that I really like is uh, vacant properties. Vacant properties, obviously, people are losing money on them every single day. Every single day they're losing money on them because they have to pay property taxes. Not only that, but the properties get beat up. Uh, people break into it. They're squatters. Kids go in and graffiti start fires, all sorts of different things. People go in and do nefarious actions in vacant properties. And every day, the property is worth less and less and less because there needs to be more repairs done to those. So pull those vacant property lists. Most resources that give you the vacant property lists are coming from the United States Postal Office because they can't deliver mail there. So they put together a list and then they actually sell that list to data providers, if you can believe it, uh, which is great for us. So what I'm saying is there are so many different ways to go and find opportunities. But now let's talk about how do we actually have a conversation with these property owners, right? This business comes down to two things, having conversations and making offers. That's the lifeblood, right? Having conversations and making offers. So how do we do that? Well, really, there's three ways. One, you can be really proactive. And this is what I highly suggest you do when you're getting started, especially if you're on a limited budget, is you got to be proactive. You have to pick up the phone and you need to call them. You can get any property owner's phone number at batchskiptracing.com or the what I list uh what I mentioned before right inside of Rhino List. But if you don't have a huge budget, then you need it then you can go to True People Finder right online. You can literally put in an address and oftentimes it'll have a phone number. Now they're not always accurate. If you want the most accurate, I would highly suggest batch skip tracing. That's what we use. And that's how we have such a high contact rate. But you reach out to them. You be proactive, right? You could do that or you could do text message marketing, which we also do. And I'll break down what my business looks like from our marketing channels. But remember this, focus on one at a time, one marketing channel at a time. All right. If you're going to be making calls, make calls. If you're going to be sending texts, send texts. If you're going to, and then the second way to have those conversations is to buy those conversations, which is marketing, right? This is direct mail. This is pay-per-click ads. This is doing bandit signs. All of them are effective. By the way, everything that I'm talking to you about, if you focus on it, if you really work it, it'll work. It'll work if you do, 100%. All of them work. You just have to pick one. It is so frustrating when you go and, and talk to a lot of real estate investors and wholesalers and you're asking them what they're doing to get deals and they're doing everything, right? They're texting and they're calling and they're putting banded signs and they're sending handwritten letters and they're door knocking and they're not doing, they're not getting any deals. But the top wholesalers focus, 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 focus. They go deep before they go wide, right? 
But the second way to to have those conversations, make offers is to, is marketing, is having people call you. That's all marketing is. All marketing is is people calling you. They're ready to sell their house. And by the way, it is fantastic. Oh my gosh. When people reach out to you when they're ready to sell their property, it is unbelievable. But there is some drawbacks. One, it's expensive. Now, oftentimes it's 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 far more expensive than if you're going to proactively just reach out to people. But you're not going to be rejected nearly as much. Uh, but you are going to have more competition. That's one of the other drawbacks. You're not going to be the only one that they reach out to typically, sometimes, but typically they're going to reach out to more people. So you really have to get your negotiation tactics really sharpened up. And we're going to talk about that in the next podcast episode. So you've got being proactive, reaching out, you're reaching out and having those conversations. Second way is them reaching out to you through marketing. The third way is to get referrals. And that's really waiting for those conversations, waiting for people to know that you buy ugly houses, that you buy houses, that you are out there every single day. And the best way to build that up, guys, the best way to do that is be loud, be loud, document your journey in this business on social media. Listen, we are not in the industrial age and we're no longer in the information age. We are now in the social age without a doubt. The people that will not turn their phone around, be brave, have courage, get loud, document what they're doing, and put it on their stories on social media are going to be, it's going to be a slower process for you. You're going to get left behind in the next 10 years, for sure. For sure. People need to know what you're doing. People need to be excited that you're excited doing this. People got to see you fail. They got to see you succeed. They got to see the enthusiasm that you have for this business. That's what's going to make the difference. Be brave. I'm just telling you, it's changed my life. It'll change yours. Um, Turn that camera around. Stop using it for entertainment and start using it as one of the strongest tools in your business and watch what happens. It's phenomenal, right? But that's really it. You've got, you can go out and earn them. By being proactive, you can go out and buy them by having them reach out to you when they're ready, or you can go out and you can wait for them by getting referrals. Those are the three ways for lead generation. So what do you want to do? Who are you? What's your personality? Just pick one. They all work, by the way. They all work. Reaching out to real estate agents to get referrals, reaching out to other investors to get referrals, reaching out, being super, going to all the meetup groups and networking and squatting up with incredible people to bring you deals. It works. Is that you? Or do you want faster results and you're willing to put in the time and not the budget? Then be proactive. But if you have the budget and you're just, you know what? I don't want to interrupt people's day all the time. I want them interrupting my day. I'm available to take these calls. I'm ready to make sure that when my marketing goes out and they call me, that I am on it and I can answer those calls live. And let me just make a quick little side note here. Answer the calls live if you're going to do marketing. If you're going to do marketing, answer the calls live. If you don't, it's over. I'm just telling you, right now, you'll just be passed by. So make sure if you're going to do marketing that you have the availability to answer any calls live or respond within two minutes, two minutes to anything that you get from the internet leads, from internet leads. All right. And that's really how you find these discounted properties. They're everywhere. Deal of a lifetime comes around once a week. 
I mean, you listen to this podcast, you hear the incredible interviews that I do with people that are just starting in this business or that are building these big, robust businesses. It's consistency. It's absolutely consistency that you need to make sure that your marketing goes out on time. And I highly suggest once you pick your model and once you have it focused and you have that one focus and you really know what you're going after, then you delegate that to a virtual assistant. You can find incredible ones at upwork.com, upwork.com. And I recommend outsourcing your marketing tasks to um, these virtual assistants that are going to take ownership to make sure that your marketing goes out consistently. Because the fact is, we get stuck in the whirlwind. We get stuck in the tornado of productivity. As soon as we get a deal, we're like, oh my gosh, I got to get this across the finish line. I got to go on the appointment. I got to open up title. I got to find a buyer for this. And now you're focused on all the other parts of the business. and You're not focused on lead generation. And when you stop the lead generation, this is why we go on roller coaster rides. This is why our business goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down, right? Get the consistency, outsource your marketing. If you're being proactive, my virtual assistant, Lisa, has been with me since 2016. And she would always, I would send her the list that I would pull of the distressed property owners. And she would make sure that she got it in. She would skip trace it to get their phone numbers. She would get the phone numbers and then she would upload it to my dialer. I use Mojo Dialer and she would upload it to Mojo Dialer. And then that next morning I push a button and I'm talking to property owners. But if I was there cleaning up all the lists, making sure I'm not skip tracing the same addresses over and over, making sure I put it into the dialer all right, it's just another opportunity for creative avoidance to creep into the business and stop us from being productive. Yeah, we're busy. We're doing stuff. We're checking boxes, but we're not doing income producing activities. And when you're getting started, that's everything. How do you go out and provide value? Remember, our income is equal to the amount of value we provide to the marketplace, to our community. So listen, nobody is going to pay us to do all this organization. But going out there and having a good quality conversation and providing solutions for people that have personal problems with their property, that's where the income comes from. That's the service we provide. And the more we can do that and the faster we can do that, the more income we're going to make and the faster we're going to make that income. It's absolutely bananas. Are you excited? Are you as excited about this as I am? Oh my gosh, this is absolutely incredible. So I did mention that I would tell you where my business is at right now. We're shooting for 2 million this year. We're already um, well past halfway. And so I got to really keep my my team focused so we don't just hit 2 million, but we go past it. But you never know. You never know what goes on. Some deals fall out that you expect and some deals go through that surprise you. We're staying focused, but our business is made up of number one, cold calling. Okay. We've been doing that forever. I've had Fran, my cold caller, Fran made my company $800,000 last year. That is one caller. Okay. I think I paid her under 40,000 for the year. She's an American living in Costa Rica. Uh, I found her through callmotivatedsellers.com. She's been phenomenal and she's made all those calls. Text message marketing is one to 12 return right now. 
It's bananas. Uh, but I made some switches. I was using a different service. Now I'm using rhinotexting.com. Phenomenal. That is powered by Launch Control. They do a phenomenal job. If you go to Rhino Texting, which is our affiliate, they take care of the Rhino tribe. They help you write the texts that go out. If you just sign up for it, like just dry, you're on your own. So it's up to you. The cost is the same. You get a lot more perks if you go that way, but it's your thing, right? Next is I do TV ads. I have the incredible Tony Javier, and um, he's been doing it for years and years and years. He's got a service, and so we shot some ads. We're doing that. That one hasn't been a great return yet, but it is uh, getting our name out there, and it's more brand recognition at this point in my career, which is phenomenal. And then I've got, I, I stole the top guy from Google <laughs> that was doing Google ads. And um, he was able to look at all of the successful real estate investing marketing campaigns for pay-per-click and format my website, format our approach and everything. And it's going bananas. It is. He's on staff here. We are going to be opening it up eventually for some other people in other markets. So if you're interested in that, you can email me at Brent at Wholesaling Inc., we don't have a website up yet. We don't have anything like that. This is very small. We want to be more quality. There's going to be only a certain amount of people in each market. Um, but if you want to jump on that, um, just email me, brent at wholesalinginc.com. And those are our four main legs to our stool for marketing. We do a little bit from referrals. We certainly bring in some some deals from referrals, and we're really growing that out. So I'll keep you posted on that. But I... Listen, guys, I cold called and talked to 45,000 people before I ever sent a text message, before I ever ran a TV ad, before I ever did direct mail, before I ever did pay-per-click, right? I went really, really, really deep. And that is the point of this section. That is the point of the section of the incredible book by Tom Kroll. That's the point of this podcast is just pick one and go bananas. Go as deep as you can. And you will win. It'll work if you do. Absolutely. Guys, again, if you haven't joined our incredible Facebook group, Wholesaling Inc. Facebook group, make sure that you do that. If you need anything, training videos, downloads, contracts, special guides, go to wholesalinginc.com. Wholesalinginc.com. We have an incredible library of resources for you. So definitely check that out and be ready for the next episode. We're going to be talking about converting these leads into signed agreements. It's going to be so powerful. Strap in, be ready. Thank you. If you followed us for these first three episodes, thank you, thank you, thank you. But more importantly, go out and take action. This podcast is not primarily the heart of this podcast is not about education it's not about inspiration. It's about instruction. It's about letting you know exactly what you need to do to go out there and get your first deal, get proof of concept, get the consistency so that you can fire your boss, do this business full time. And then once you've done that and you've built something special, people are going to want to be a part of it and you get to start firing yourself from certain roles. And that's when you become a real true entrepreneur where you're working on your business and not in your business. And I want that for everybody, but it starts with finding your first deal. And remember, 
all of this, all of this, all of those steps, doing your first deal, firing your boss, firing yourself, it's all wrapped up in the tribe. You need to be surrounded by a tribe that is doing amazing things, that understands you, that is going to cheerlead you and support you. And you can find that at the Facebook group. So check that out. Go to wholesalinginc.com. Make sure that you get all the resources that you need. There's no excuse that you can't go out there and get a deal and get paid in the next 30 days. I love you. See you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.